From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's the show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com And welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been watching and reading and playing recently. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. We're back. Hooray. We're back. Yay. Um, this week we're chatting about books, nights, uh, a Fantasia exorcism, a crotacular video game, and Adam F. and Scott on a motherfucking jet ski. Yeah. You. Um, uh, before we start, I just want to say thank you to everyone for reaching out and being very kind and very um, flexible with me uh, as I dealt with some family stuff. Uh, you guys are the best, and I really appreciate it. Um, back, back to normal, whatever that means now. But <laughs> what the fuck that means. But yeah, I appreciate you guys so much, and of course, appreciate Terry. Oh well, you know, friends. Right. <laughs> How do we do things? It's been, I don't know. It's, I think I don't this know might be the longest break that we've kind of had. It is. It is the longest break. Thank you, I, trauma. Yeah, uh, trauma. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you know, this is the this is the longest we've gone on a break for almost two two years. Almost two years. Yeah, 
Oh, boy. Yeah. A very boy, sudden break. I, yes. So we appreciate everyone for being so cool mm-hmm. with me. With us. With us. We're in this together. And we I'm are. also moving. And so, like, my mind has not been here either. Completely <laughs> different. But it's just. It's just fun how life is like, I don't know. Here you have like 6,000 different things happening at once. Yeah. I quit my job, guys. I quit my job uh, on top of everything else. So it's going great. <laughs> <laughs> but more about that soon. Yes. I can't talk about what's going next yet, but soon. But what we can't talk about are movies. <laughs> yes, we sure can. And nice transition. Woo. Uh, all right. So what have you been reading recently? Okay. So I have finally been reading Grady Hendrix. I was late to the game on him. I don't know why. I've only heard great things, but I just was late. But now I am reading The Final Girl Support Group, his latest book that just came out. Mm-hmm. And it is very, very good. I'm enjoying really it? Like it. I really am enjoying it. So Grady Hendrix wrote My Best Friend's Exorcism, The Southern Book Club's Guide for Slaying Vampires, Horror Store, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so those are I, again, I haven't read any of those, but I'm going to now because this one is about basically final girls who survived murders and have lived on and they have formed a support group together to deal with their trauma, like their PTSD after the fact. And it's really fucking cool the way he deals with like slashers and what they are and how they act, like how these slasher villains exist in the real world and like how those actual events inspired like franchise like slasher franchises and how it was like all of these slasher franchises are now based off of real events like more explicitly and it's really fascinating to like look at the effect of celebrity on the final girl and like what it means to be a final girl outside of the events and it's really really good how far are you into it uh like 75 percent. okay so i'm like have you have you read it um i got about I got about halfway through and I got sidetracked with another book. Oh, so I'm, that's fair. I'm like halfway through it. I was I'm, I was reading and then the thing happened with my family and then I was like, uh-oh, I can't <laughs> read anymore. But I like when I started, I started reading it and I read like almost all, all of it in like two days. I really, I was ripping, I was ripping through it. I thought it was really good. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'm enjoying it from what, yeah. from what I remember. I am, um, I... I was a little, I don't know, there was, there was like a little side plot where they decide to go rescue someone from a um, hospice and I wanted them to like get on with the plot. I will, I was a little bit, I guess the one thing that did bother me a little bit was how closely they are related to like Nightmare on Elm Street. Like you can, it's like so obvious Mm -hmm. and it's a little silly, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm like. Okay, like that's obviously Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's mm-hmm. obviously Friday the Thirteenth. That's I don't obviously know. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Exactly, that, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. That to me was a little silly. I was like, this is just like you could have maybe done something a little different. That was the kind of, that threw me off a little bit. I think in terms of like trying to get into it. Yeah, it felt almost like it was trying to rip those off instead of make something new. If that makes sense. I still really enjoy it. I just that part kind of like made it a little bit takes me out of it a little bit when like they have like the reviews of like the, like the interstitial chapters that are like reviews of movies or like listing the franchises and stuff yeah and i've been i've been listening to it so my experience is probably a little bit different um oh, it's, i've been listening yeah. to an audiobook uh um being read by 
a former final girl herself, um, Adrian King, <gasps> who was in uh, the original Friday the 13th. Whoa, that's cool as hell. Yeah. So she's reading it. She's doing a really good job. I really like cool. I really like uh, the voice that she brings to it. It's just cool. um, I think because of I, I, there's, I feel like there's a difference when you're reading a book than when you're listening to it mm-hmm. a lot of times. And so I think some of the parts that like the the kind of trip to the hospice and the trip to this and that I'm just like because it's being read to me and I can't sort of maybe skim the parts that I would probably like read quickly through. Mm-hmm. Okay. It kind of sticks out a little bit more, if that makes sense. No, that makes that, that does make sense. I get that. But this has inspired me to read more of his books, and I'm going yeah. away this weekend, so I'm going to. I think I'm going to read the Southern Book Club's Guide for Slaying Vampires next. Heard good things about that one. So have I, and it's vampires. Who doesn't love vampires? Um, <laughs> but what is this uh, Fantasia Exorcism movie? I think I know what this is, and I'm excited to chat about it. Yeah, so um, I I think I can consider myself a Mickey Reese fan at this point. Um, okay, okay. So it's the film Agnes, mm-hmm. and I know you've seen it. I know we kind of have different opinions on it. Yeah. This was not at all what I was expecting, uh, which – so he directed Climate of the Hunter, uh, and then I saw like – in 2019 and uh i really loved it It was so bizarre and weird i really like that one too there's a lot of jello a lot of jello molds oh so many focus so much focus on food and that continues a bit too in this a little bit in this and um i just i love the idiosyncratic way that he he films things and so this one is a take on like uh possession in a nunnery and it has the same the, – the actor that played the vampire in Climate of the Hunter is the priest in here, and I love him. I love this guy so much. Yeah, he's really good. I like his performances in both quite a bit. The first half is is kind of like just a, a weird comedic kind of take on like exorcism where it's it sort of is taking the kind of tropes that we, that we expect and sort of takes them in, in odd directions. Like, of course the priest is, is sort of like, uh, he doesn't really believe in exorcisms and he might have been a pedophile. I don't know, Terry, maybe. (laughs) What the fuck was that? sorry uh, that part really bothered me i was like what like we don't you don't have to do it there- yeah anyway uh, yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's a very it was very funny it was very quick moving and then it takes a turn and goes into a drama and it sort of becomes like a what happens after the exorcism and i think this is where a lot of people are going to get lost on this movie because the Myself change included. is immediate and it completely the the pace of the film slows down it becomes a very (laughs) (laughs) misu has thoughts can i help you and we're back back that makes sense back like misu having an opinion anyway (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so it takes like a dramatic change and the pace slows down. It becomes sort of we're following one of the the, the nuns after this exorcism, trying to reestablish itself in secular life. And I really liked it. I cannot tell you exactly why I liked it. I'm having a hard time writing this review. And I completely will understand if people do not like it. But for me, this was 
a really good movie. I love his use of dialogue. Mickey Reese writes really good dialogue. And there were some conversations, especially towards the end, that I was like, I am loving what is being said. I'm not 100% sure what you're trying to get at here, but I love what is being said. And I just, I loved it. That's so funny because the dialogue really annoyed me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, shut up. I loved it. Like, and it's, I I really liked Climate of the Hunter and it's a similar vibe. Like, it's a lot of weird conversations between weird people who are just like kind of bizarre. But this, I don't know. I think, I think it was the tonal shift for me, Mm. the really intense tonal shift, which I think despite i didn't dislike this film and i think it's really gutsy and i really admire it i think what he does even if it doesn't work for me i think is really really impressive and is like you know what fuck yeah like just change the movie changes and like i thought i missed something i was like did i look away because it changes so quickly and i i really i do really like that and i think there's something really interesting going on in that last half i think it's a little bit too slow and i think some of the dialogue is like why but still, I greatly respect it, and I think it's hilarious, especially the exorcist. Like, <laughs> like that. But the first half is the most batshit exorcism oh, thing I've so ever seen. It's so good. There's a scene where they're all like, it's all of the clergymen sitting around a table with like all of these taxidermy animals, and in between, <laughs> there's a taxidermy lion just sitting at the table with all of them. <laughs> And it is it 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 it's makes it's just the most ridiculously like it's it's like a, it's like a perverted Wes Anderson almost like it has like the it has like a taste of whimsy but like a really gross one where it's mm-hmm. like really silly but like fucked up and dark and I really like that I like that vibe a lot that vibe goes away I think a little bit more in the at the, the oh it completely goes away the last half it goes away I mean for the love of Christ Almighty one second. <laughs> Steve's taking a nap, so I, myself, have to do this. The door is open! You can open it! This is more fun. But yeah, I I guess the tonal shift is really good. It's really, it's like, on paper, it's really interesting. I just don't think it worked for me. Yeah, that's that's perfectly fine. I I understand. You know, if anyone says that they didn't like this movie, I completely understand. And I don't, and I don't honestly know why I liked it, but it just... See why? Because like I want to like it. Like I really do. Because I again, like I think he is doing some crazy shit, and I really appreciate that. He's just like I don't know. You think this is gonna be a possession movie? Sorta. <laughs> and I I love that he plays with genre like that. Like with Kevin mm-hmm. and the Hunter, it's like a play on the vampire. So I mean, like I think you should check it out if you're if you're going to Fantasia or covering Fantasia of a past, whatever. You should you should check it out. Like it's. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. I just I, what I think. What I really like and I like and admire about him is that when when a scene starts, I do not know where it's going to go. <laughs> exactly. You and never know. There's something exciting about that. I mean, I, I was yeah. thinking about this recently as I was watching a couple movies that are, are coming out that I don't know if I could talk about yet or not. Where it's like I'm watching this movie and I'm like, okay, I know what the next scene is going to be. I know what the next plot point's going to be, and I could map it out in my mind. Whereas here, I'm like, I don't even know what's going to come out of these characters' mouths in the next line, let alone what the what the next scene is going to be. And there's something, I don't know. There's something really cool about that where. Someone that has watched so many movies over the course of 40 years, and there's a movie that I'm like, I do not know what is going to happen next. And I just, I love that. And I think that might be why this movie worked for me. No, I get that. I really do. 
And it's true. I did not know (laughs) (laughs) what was going to happen, but no. Um, Okay. So knights. So speaking of things I did not know what was going to happen, um, (laughs) I saw the green knight this weekend. Oh yeah. In theaters. It was lovely. Was it? It was. So it's not what everyone has been saying this. It's not what the trailer looks like. It's not this like, super badass fantasy epic where he like fights dragons and monsters it's actually this very tender contemplative movie about mortality and masculinity and what it means to be a man which is what the poem like what the original mm-hmm. poem sir gowan and the green knight is is very much about that and david lowry really takes that and puts it into a beautiful movie about Growing up, being and like being kind of an idiot, like a young idiot trying to figure your stuff out, and it's Dev Dev Patel is the best, like pure intentions, but kind of a bumbling idiot, like immature boy. He plays it so well, and it's lush, like it, it is beautiful to behold. Which is not any surprise with the David Lowry movie, right? And also, I mean, the guy that did a lot some of the effects, we talked to him. Yeah, Nicholas Ash exactly. Bateson. Yes, um, the the effects in this like in um the Green Knight, Jesus, <laughs> are gorgeous. And there's a lot of really cool practical effects. Like the Green Knight himself is all like practical. Oh, cool. And so there is a really awesome like mix of practical and computer generated effects to in a way that like it just looks like it all melds together to create this really cool world that looks like Earth, but also has like a, this magical twinge to it. Mm. And so it, it's a it's like a melding of all of these stories of like Arthurian legends, but it's just it's really really good. I- <laughs> It's got this like really awesome, like really beautiful look at like masculinity and feminine and like the power of the feminine and the feminine as like a caring energy and like versus the masculine energy. But then also the nuances of that about like, okay, this divide between man and woman, but like clouding that line and not making it so clear cut. Mm. And I don't know. It's just, it's really good. I'm excited. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little slow. Yeah. But I think. It's not. I think it's on. I think it's needed. I think this wouldn't have the right emotional impact if it was a, a quicker edited, quicker paced film. Okay. In my opinion, I'm excited to watch that one. Uh, I really want to see it. I I love Dev, and the the look of the film just looks great. Did just... were you did you enjoy like Arthurian legend stuff when you were studying English? Was that like oh yeah. Thing? Okay. I loved Arth. I loved. I. I mean, I grew up watching like um, Excalibur and watching mm. like a lot of that early fantasy stuff. So like this is, this is scratching an itch that I, I desperately want to go yeah. see because I just I love that shit. Well, you're, you're then you're really going to appreciate it because it really does like it is like an homage to that kind of to the Arthurian legend in a mm-hmm. really cool way. That's not like Arthurian legend, but like it makes yeah. it cool and modern which is a really weird way to say it because like it obviously takes place like in that time period but the way it's filmed and the performances and just like the way it looks still makes it feel modern and very just like fascinating and there's like some weird there's like some really interesting comedic moments that i really like and some like kind of homoerotic moments that i really like and there's uh jizz (laughs) (laughs) a lot 
Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, um, <laughs> as someone said on Twitter, a cheeky gay kiss. I did hear about that. It's yeah. not. It's a good kiss. I wish it was a little bit more like consensual. Oh, okay. So it doesn't feel as like, oh, is a gay kiss? Because it's kind of like a guy like, I want to kiss you. And then <laughs> Gowan's like, don't do that again. Oh. Like, <laughs> it's, not as, it's not as fun when that's kind of the vibe around it. It's not uh, like a cute yeah. little gay kiss. It's more just like, Ugh. I digress. I adore this movie. A twenty A twenty four continues to just have me in their back fucking pocket. Oh, same fucking assholes. They just know what I want. The demographic in the movie theater was exactly what you would think. It was so many film bros. I was like, film Twitter is here. I sensed them all. I was by myself because I wanted to go by like on like solo. Mm-hmm. Everyone was a film bro. It was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. Awesome. Anyway, so that's my so that's my that that is the Green Knight, but a, a crotacular video game. Hell what yeah. the hell is this? This might be the best game that I played this year. Uh, oh, I saw tweets about this. I want to hear. Yeah, so um, I played and finished in like a week's time. Death Store. Okay, I don't which, believe I've heard of this one. So it's published by Devolver Digital, and they they publish a lot of like really kind of sometimes weird um, indie kind of games. Um, but they they always make very intriguing games, and or they publish intriguing games. And this particular game is like I, people have been comparing it to like Dark Souls meets like old school Zelda, and I can kind of oh. get the, the Dark Souls esque thing because it's it's difficult. It's not exceedingly difficult no it's not it's it's like a zelda game it reminds me of playing like the earlier like top down uh link to the past type zelda games it is it's very difficult it's not impossibly difficult and i don't think the difficulty matches the level of like a a souls like or a, a dark souls or a bloodborne or whatever but it is hard um but you're basically playing a crow that works for some bureaucratic death company that sends the crows out as reapers to go collect souls and there's this door that has been locked um called the death store and you are trying to go get these three giant souls and open up death's door and see what's on the other side and so it's like you kind of um, you get weapons, you get spells that kind of allow you to a- access different parts of it. It's very Zelda like. You go to an, an area, and there's some things that like you need an ex- a bomb to explore, but you don't have <gasps> oh, a bomb so to come pretty. back to later. It's very the art style is really cute. It's very whimsical, um, but it also has kind of a minimalistic vibe to it. And there's some really odd, whimsical things in it. There's like a a man that is. He ser- he works at like a cafe and he serves you food, but he also has a squid attached to them. And as you look closer to him, you see that his eyes are hollowed out and the squid is basically puppeting him. <gasps> oh my god! Like- <laughs> Wait, that's incredible. And one of the uh, one of the bosses is this old woman that has turned everyone into pots, and she turned her own son into a pot, and he has like a soup pot for his head, and he offers you soup out of his head at one point. Um, so it's it's very odd and it's very whimsical and it's very wonderful. That's incredible. This looks like over the garden wall a little bit. Have you ever watched that? 
I haven't. No, but I've heard great okay. things about yeah. it. Yeah, it's got that whimsical, creepy vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love it. I just I love everything about this game, and it's it's about. It took me twelve hours to complete. I hundred okay. percented it, so it's not an overly long game. I like. I think it's the perfect length for it. I will say that if you, if listeners, if you are going to play this game, one of the major mechanics is finding seeds and then planting them in pots, and those give you like health, like little health pots that around the level. I would recommend whenever you come across one to either memorize where it's at or put a seed pot in it because after you've beaten the game, quote unquote, it continues onward. And that is one of the tasks you have to go back and find all 50 pots and put flowers in. And that was a little bit of a chore, I will say, by the end of it. So I would recommend. But it's a wonderful game. It's hard, but it's not impossible. And it's just it made me so happy. I loved it. I want to play it. It's only on Xbox and PC right now i don't know if it's going to come out elsewhere later but it's really good well maybe i'll just watch someone i'll probably watch one of my favorites play it (laughs) yeah it's a lot of fun cool oh it's so pretty now i'm just now i'm just looking at like obsessed with the like the 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 graphics oh the art style is so it's so gorgeous it just it has that sort of it's like almost a minimalistic vibe to it but it's also like incredibly beautifully animated and with such yeah. characters that have so much life to them yeah it's like minimalistic but it's like it's a it it looks like the kind of style that would be 2d but it's actually like beautifully shaded 3d like mm-hmm. renderings and designs which is really cool wow cool so <laughs> now that we've kept everyone waiting for like a few weeks weeks what, what are we, we talking what are, about? What, what are we talking about, Mary We're going to talk about our transition from Ott's remakes into Aquatic Horror with Alexandra Aja's Piranha from 2010. I have to say that this is the first time I've seen it out of the movie theater. I went to go see it in 3D in the movie theater. And let me tell you, there are some scenes in this movie that were so great in 3D that like... I don't know. They sort of lost a little bit of the allure in watching Did it in one TV. Of those scenes include when the um, piranha uh, coughs up the dick. Yes. Where the piranha <laughs> like eats the dick and then regurgitates it. And it is literally just floating along in the screen. And just imagine being in the theater and that image is projected so big, so large, just floating in the middle of the, the screen. Just like, yeah. What did you think of the... Uh, <laughs> The munching on the penis. <laughs> I wanted this movie to be a parody so badly of, and like a, not even a critique, but just like a making fun of spring break culture. I don't think it was. <laughs> I think it thought it was, but it wasn't making fun of it. And you told me this and it's true. It's the straightest movie I've ever fucking seen. Yeah. There's so many titties. So many titties. Like, I was trying to think about how to talk about this movie today, and I was like, I don't even know, because I loved it and hated it at the same time. Like, I thought this movie was so incredible. It is so stupid. It is so horny. It is so gory. It is everything I've ever wanted in a campy, horror, gory film. Like, it is the perfect, stupid horror movie. It has it's got, Adam Scott with a shotgun on a jet ski. It's got Adam Scott with a shotgun on a jet ski. 
it's got ridiculous piranhas. It's got ridiculous like sex references of, from everybody. Like there's uh, Eli Roth talking about tatas and Cho- Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when spraying a woman's ass with a water gun, which is repulsive. It's just body shots, Jerry O'Connell in a speedo. I mean, it is just. I think. It just, it feels like it's supposed to be a joke, but I don't know if it is. I can't tell, like, if it's supposed to be a joke or not. I think it's a joke. I, I think it is, but it also, I I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know how to talk about this film. Just like you said earlier, I, it's, it's like been on the back of my mind this entire time. It's like, are we making fun of this or are we like celebrating it? I don't I, I don't know. Like it, it's a movie in which Ving Rames rips a propeller off of a boat and uses it like a fish weed whacker. It has a woman's hair getting stuck in a propeller and it just rips her fucking face off. Christopher Lloyd is a mad site fish scientist, fisherman, fish owner <laughs> who is able to tell more things about the piranhas. I think it's a joke. I think. <laughs> I part of me I, I desperately want it to be. Um I mean because you like you, you have Jerry O'Connell saying, Jake, they took my penis. Like I can't handle. <laughs> and okay, my favorite moment is when they are like they're she's um paragliding, they're pulling her behind the boat and she's like hang gliding, or it's like the parachute. And she's flipping around and her tits are just hanging out. Just I'm like, hanging. this is nothing. Nowhere is like this. Like, no, I have a friend from Lake Havasu, Arizona. It's party central, but I'm like 99% sure it is not titties out all the time forever. But my favorite was the underwater shot of her skimming the water and her boobs just like mushing around. Oh, <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> I Movie? know. Like, again, I tweeted this. The male, I think I tweeted this, the male gay, there is so much male gaze in this movie oh, that yeah. it circles around and becomes a feminist text. And <laughs> like, it is so egregious that it isn't anymore. It's ridiculous. Like a fucking thing. I think it's a wire comes undone and rips, <laughs> cuts a girl in half, but not before snapping open her bikini top and her tits are just up for everyone. Yeah. I mean, the gore in this is fantastic. The the effects in this are really good. Minus some dodgy CGI. Uh, yeah. I was I was like the very opening scene where Richard Dreyfus is in a boat singing, I had a little drink about it. And I'm like, okay, I get what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, but then he throws it. the bottle over and it's like a CG water bottle that is like CG floating through CG water until it creates a CG earthquake. And I'm like, boy, that does not look good. No. But the gore. The gore. I, the, I was actually kind of like, whoa, this is kind of fucked up. At like the massacre when the piranhas just massacre like all of the the teens and the college students. I was like. That one girl who gets pulled in half while they're trying to help her and her yes! body just like. Meh. I was like. Ooh. It's, like it's like watching. Okay. It's like band of like the band of brothers opening scene where they're all crawling onto the beach. Yes. <laughs> like that. But with drunk college students with their tits out. I have to say that this this movie had a lot of extras. Like, I was surprised at how big this movie right? was, like, in terms of the cast. Like, you have – I mean, you have a fantastic regular cast in here. I mean, Elizabeth Shue, 
love her. Christopher Lloyd, as you said. Stephen McQueen, the son of the McQueen from like Who's he in this movie. Um he was uh he was Jake. He was the, the cutie patootie oh. boy. Oh yeah, he is like I think the is it the grandson Oh wow of um Steve McQueen. I think it's the grandson. Paul Shear, is that it? Yeah, right? Random. Um Ving Rames, Jerry O'Connell, Richard Dreyfus, like great cast it is a great and that's the thing like it looks it looks like everyone had a good time because mm-hmm. it's so fucking crazy and like yeah. people are just getting ripped apart at one point jerry o'connell like is alive ha- top half and saying <laughs> they got my penis but like it's skeleton legs that's my favorite <laughs> of this whole movie is when people like have been eaten to the bone they just have like skeleton arms uh-huh. It's not funny, but like it's a little funny. No, it's very funny. I was laughing a lot in this movie. And then of course, because of course it does, there's a random shot of just silicone implants floating in the water after someone gets yes. eaten. Silicone implants, of course. A lot of it's that's it. I mean, okay. Obviously this is not winning any awards for any kind of like feminists, <laughs> like no. revolutionary. But the number of women versus men, like, obviously both men and women are devoured, but, like, the women in this movie are really just put on display in every which way. And it's really gross. Yeah. And again, like, it's like, okay, it, this it comes to a point where, like, okay, ha-ha, titties, ta-tas, everyone shaking their, their, their milk jugs everywhere. But when you start, like, really killing women over and over again for having their tits out, it's not really funny anymore. It's like, okay, we get, like, we gotta... No more. <laughs> Stop it. I know it's 2010. I get it. But Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. But yet I yet I still had fun watching it. I still did too cuz it's like okay, I see that and I I recognize it, but at the same time I'm like can I really be that mad in a movie that literally just wants to have pe- like women running like f- flapping their boobs everywhere and like giant mutated piranhas? Like I can't be that mad. I had a great time. I thought it was really funny and really gross. So apparently I have not seen the sequel because there's a Piranha 3 double D. Oh, yes. Yes. Double of D. Of course there great. is. Cool. And apparently a fish goes out of a woman's vagina in it. So that's in the sequel. Yeah. Silence. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just try to like. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that's, I don't that's... know. Like, I just, like, that's all I have. I don't have anything else about that piece of information. <laughs> I also just want to give a, a big old fucking shout out to Adam Scott as an action hero in this movie. I know. Incredible. It is not talked about enough. No. I love him. And Elizabeth, Elizabeth she's the cop, right? The mom cop. Mm-hmm. When she runs across the boats to the uh, the to the speedboat, I mm-hmm. was like, we need more of her. I I wanted it to be her whole movie. I Me too. just I honestly did not give a shit about the porno boat. I wanted it to be all about her being a badass cop. Like she was so good. Like, she A-cab, was great. A cab, everybody, but she was cool to watch. Like she when she was. just fucking raid across those boats, I was like, bitch, where was this energy the whole time? <laughs> Just run across like a motherfucker, tasers a motherfucker. Like I, she's great. I love, love her. You. She's like I wanted I'll more of her up. and Adam. Right? Oh, what a good buddy. Oh, that was such a good. Ugh. But yeah, like again, it's not a good movie, but it's so fun. It's just so dumb. It's great. It's so dumb. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah. What a great way to end an era of talking about remakes and starting our journey through aquatic horror. What what is our next aquatic horror film? Okay, so next Friday we're gonna be talking about 1977's Orca, which <laughs> I have never seen, but I've heard so good things about from from what I understand, he the Orca is like the hero of the movie. Oh yes. Oh my god, I'm so excited. So I I mean there's a lot of a lot of movies from that era um are obviously Jaws ripoffs but like some of them from what i understand are really good like it's the reason why we got the original piranha and it's orca and alligator which is another movie i'm excited to talk about soon uh but yeah orca really excited to finally watch this movie yeah and as a reminder to everybody we are these are we are watching aquatic horror movies that don't have to do with sharks correct yeah so if you have any suggestions for other ones we should watch let us know. I'm super stoked. I, I, I forgot. Like, good watching Piranha. It's not scary, but I forgot. I really, in this movie, I was like, damn, water is scary shit. Like, when they're trying to crawl mm. over this rope between the two boats. Like, the water really is terrifying. And I'm just super excited to, like, watch more aquatic horror and, like, really look at the ocean. Oh, the ocean scares the shit out of me, and I'm obsessed with it. So Same. Same. Um, so who are we talking to on Monday, though, Mary Beth? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so <laughs> on Monday, we are talking to Matt Monagle uh, from Certified Forgotten, uh, among many other things, about Tremors 2. Tremors 2. And y'all, I never thought that I would meet someone who loved Tremors, Tremors 2 so much and also who could talk this much about Tremors 2. It is incredible how much Monocle loves I, mic this drop. movie. There was a mic drop at this point where it's like I never even considered the depth that he was talking about is in terms of like some of the, the, the kind of interest, intricate plotting in this movie. It, I was not prepared for that. It's, it is incredible. Like you... <laughs> He's a great guy. I was fully ready to go and like, oh yeah, this is like a goofy sequel. Monocle brings in like, no, here's my very, very poignant, amazing analysis about masculinity in this movie. And I'm yeah. like, what? So everybody, it's it's a treat. It's very cool. It is a treat. Oh, I forgot how to do the outro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Uh, um, listeners, you've heard from us. Finally. <laughs> we want to hear from you. Um, did you watch one of these films and want to share your opinions about it? Uh, do you have a suggestion for an aquatic horror movie that we should that we should talk about? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm a Gaily Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And please do not forget to review, rate, and subscribe. We've had a couple that have popped. We had in July, so we have had some, but we'd always love some more. It keeps please. us going. Please, as a treat to me, I had a bad I've had a bad couple of weeks. Give it to me. <laughs> um thank you thank you using using my trauma to <laughs> manipulate the audience obviously a very good tactic um thank you to eric power for our artwork thank you to sean keller for our music thanks everybody for listening please stay safe out there but most uh, importantly stay creepy until next time you miss me bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh, won't somebody please think of the children
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.